0: Welcome to the discussion, Modern Government, Cleaning Out Your Application Closet, sponsored by KPMG. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller.
1: Welcome to the show. My guest today is Adaryl Roberts, the Program Executive Officer of the Defense Logistics Agency. Adaryl, welcome to the discussion.
0: Thanks for having me, Jason.
1: Today, we're going to continue the conversation about IT modernization uh, and how agencies can adapt, adjust, and thrive today and in the future. In the first Modernizing Government show, we heard from the Air Force and what their path toward IT modernization looks like. Today, we're talking about how agencies can speed up delivery of new capabilities through the use of low-code or no-code platforms. This was the buzz about a year or two ago, announced part of the DevSecOps and Agile discussion more broadly. What does it take to combine DevSecOps with low-code or no-code platforms in order to deliver services to citizens and customers faster? Well, that's what my guest is going to tell us. Adorel Roberts is the program executive officer for the Defense Logistics Agency. Adoro, let me just start at the beginning. Let's discuss DLA's application modernization strategy. I know you all issued a a request for information in March 2019, seems like so long ago now, for an enterprise application as a service. What came of that RFI and how does that play into that broader uh, application modernization strategy?
0: Well, again, thanks for having me, Jason, and and happy to share our DLA modernization um, journey with everyone. the RFI was our, in March 2019, was actually our first attempt to just gauge from an industry perspective, the ability for them to support our migration to software as a service. Um, from a government perspective, we really want to reduce the amount of infrastructure that we're sustaining and leverage as much commercially um, viable products as we can. And so we did that RFI in March 2019. Um, I'm happy to announce at, um, in September of this year we actually awarded um, our ERP um, migration contract. Um, and that's gonna be migrating to AWS as part of the SAP, SAP NS2 platform. Um, our ERP is a SAP based product. And so we're following a similar path that the Army and Navy are following in terms of moving to their S4 HANA platform to get the cloud first, and then eventually look at how we standardize our operations to use software as a service.
1: Now, someone hears this and says, okay, that's an ERP. That's the biggest lift that you'll have. And, and we've heard the horror stories about ERP platforms, yeah. setting them up, getting them going. Walk me through, is ERP a piece to the bigger puzzle or is that where a big majority of your applications uh, exist?
0: It's a piece of the bigger puzzle. Of course, it's a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, it's where all of our finance operations and we have what we call the integrated ERP here at DLA. So across our business supply chain and our operations, we have an integrated ERP that takes our finance, our supply chain delivery, as well as, as, well as our um, audit audibility into account. And so it's a big piece, but we also have applications that service our internal DLA customers from an IT perspective, as well as DLD customers. And so we have approximately 194 applications at DLA in total that are part of this modernization effort. Um, One of the other major efforts we have is called the Warehouse Modernization System, WMS effort. That's also migrating our distribution piece to SAP standard software. And it's going to combine our EBS ERP, where our financial and other integrated business, with our Warehouse Modernization efforts so that we have one ERP instance as we rationalize and create a platform for our customers.
1: And all of this is going to be obviously in the cloud. It's a SaaS, as you said, software as a service. And the goal here is to make life easier, but also understand what you have, modernize those applications. Walk me through some of that longer term strategy pieces.
0: Yeah, so, so when we talk modernization, I, I think people have the misnomer of it means just upgrade your application, right? When we talk about modernization for DLA, it's really talking about how do we do business better, more efficiently, and cost-effective for the customer and the warfighter. At the end of the day, as a combat logistics support agency for the nation, it's all about support to the warfighter, and it's also supporting whole of government. DLA's mission also includes responses to national pandemics, our COVID response 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 to hurricanes, things of that nature. So we want to ensure that we keep that mission and do it as efficiently as possible. And so we have to ensure that we have the correct governance going into that, um, moving
1: ahead. A piece of this uh, effort, I'm sure, is this idea of using what you know I'll call it a buzzword early on that I think people have moved forward on, which is uh, low code, no code platforms, walk me through how that is playing a role in this modernization effort.
0: So we recently um, awarded a contract to ServiceNow. Um, They have a platform of many services and software, it's software as a service, and part of that award was getting us a low-code, no-code solution that we can leverage within our agency. Um, Of course, for us, our investment in the ERP we want to ensure that we're using that capability to the maximum extent possible, but we're leveraging the ServiceNow platform to get productivity efficiencies for our workforce, as well as move some of the ability to bring technical solutions to the employee themselves. So we call them citizen technologists here in DLA digital citizens. And it's how do we provide these low code um, easy to um, enable platforms to the to the customers. So we're developing that concept here um, in DLA of how we create citizen technologies so that as a logistician with a little bit of training, you're actually able to create some low-code acquisition or workflow products yourself while we maintain oversight from a cybersecurity and sustainment perspective. So we're using low-code and the ServiceNow platform as a baseline. Um, like I stated, we have 194 applications. And so as a DLA employee, there's the possibility of having to log in 194 separate times throughout your workday. This ServiceNow platform is creating a single platform where you log in once, you have similar capabilities like your iPhone or your, or your Samsung you can have all these applications, but you can figure your phone the way that you use it on a day-to-day basis. We're using a similar concept in creating this platform for the users at DLA.
1: What does it take to move into a low-code, no-code code platform? Is it, it's not just, okay, let's hook it up to ServiceNow and go. I mean, does is there right. a, a back end on your, on the DLA side that you have to start worrying about? And. and you know, I don't know if you want to go down the path of architecture and infrastructure or is it just the training side, as you said, with, for some of the logisticians who just a little bit of training can now create. Walk me through maybe a little bit of both.
0: Yeah, so, so the, our modernization effort starts with architecture. Um, a lot of folks in IT, we like to say garbage in, garbage out. If you have the wrong architecture, you've modernized, but you're not getting good data or get use out of the IT that you're invested in. So we're starting with our architecture and looking at what's the type of data we collect at DLA, what's the key data that we measure in terms of performance efficiencies, in terms of our support to the to the nation. And so we have to get our architecture in, in, good, in a good place. And then we look at the products, the services like low-code, no-code platforms, et cetera, and put that on top of it. As we do that, we've baked cybersecurity into into how we do it within DLA. Um, You mentioned some DevSecOps models and things of that nature. It's all part of the modernization journey to where you're using software as a service, low code, no code. But as you use low code, no code, you wanna do it within a DevSecOps model so that cybersecurity is thought of through the development testing as well as deployment phases. Um, For us within DLA, with the number of applications we have, setting up this DevSecOps factory allows us to really efficiently control our costs. When you have a bunch of system integrators coming into your agency, they all have their own flavor of tools they like to use. And so what we've done is looked across our inventory and decided upon, hey, these are the tools necessary for us as DLA to support. And now instead of paying these vendors to bring in their own solutions, we're managing it that ourselves within this software factory.
1: I've got to ask, does that come from a, a good old lesson learned or maybe at one point in time DLA, uh, <laughs> may have let people bring their own forks and knives to the table and you said no more, we're going to, everyone going to eat out of this forks and knives drawer.
0: Absolutely. You know, it's potlucks are good in some occasions, but not when you're talking about IT development. Um, It gets a lot more costly and it's hard to sustain, right? You want to set a standard and you want to be able to have repeatable processes, particularly when you have a mission as large as DLA. And so we believe this Helps reduce our footprint in terms of being vulnerable to cybersecurity uh, vulnerabilities. It's going to be contained within a government cloud environment. Um, right now we're building out an Azure um, for Microsoft. And so this allows us to reduce our cyber vulnerability by creating this environment as opposed to, hey, I hope this vendor is doing the right things within their um, Space, um, which makes DLA vulnerable.
1: And in many ways, as I think as you said from earlier on, serving the warfighter, meeting that mission, becoming more efficient, those are really the outcomes you're looking for not hey, are we in the cloud or not in the cloud it's it's what are we doing that's better, more efficient, and can serve those citizens and, and, and customers better the The other piece to this is the the you said one hundred and ninety four applications how do you how do you prioritize which ones is it based on Customer needs—is it based on which ones are the oldest, most insecure, if you will? Walk me through that process. So, so we really start with the business.
0: Um, what from a business impact perspective, which are which are our most critical systems within DLA in order to support our mission? That's number one. And then we analyze those systems to say, hey, are we on a good lifecycle management path? Are there things that we need to modernize? And so, based upon criticality, of the mission. That's how we set the priorities of, okay, let's look at these in terms of a rationalization effort. And then the customer impacts. If it's fragile and it has external customers as well as internal DLA use, that's something we wanna move up the priority list so that we reduce the vulnerability for our partners as well. So we have a very robust governance process that we've started. It includes all the senior executive leadership um, throughout DLA because what we've also found in my own personal history, as well as agency, you know, when you have change of this magnitude, it has to be leadership driven. Um, and if, they, if the leadership is committed to the change, then you're able to convince the workforce that it's an important change as well. So we're really leaning upon governance, a partnership with our functional community. And we're not really labeling this as just an IT modernization, but this is an agency modernization based on reviewing our business processes, as well as um, other aspects of the business in DLA. Um, I think DLA as well as other agencies, what people have begun to realize, IT is not a nice to have anymore. It's actually the business. It's part of the business. No one can conduct business without IT. And so we're really trying to change the culture and make sure we're looking at this from a life cycle management perspective as opposed to a legacy system discussion and a modernization discussion. But you have to get there through modernization in order to have something sustainable. And that's kind of where we are in the journey is we're modernizing so that we can now manage the life cycle.
1: You mentioned the governance process a couple of times. Let's walk down that path for a second. How Where is the user in that process? You mentioned the leadership, which is good, but usually right. leadership, they you know, I'll just call it like it is. You don't want to ask you to comment, have trouble spelling IT sometimes. So walk me through a little bit about where the user fits in and then how how do you bring the top and the bottom together? Right. So so you have to
0: start with the sponsorship, right? So when you talk about modernization and change, you have to have that senior level culture sponsorship. Um, And that's where we started with DLA and established that governance to where, if the leadership is tracking and and looking for change and updates, um, that leads the workforce. Um, To your point of the user, that's the point of where we are now, where we have integrated the user throughout this process. We have working level teams, we call them integrated process teams, IPTs, um, that include well over 800 plus employees across the agency um, through each of our supply chains to help work through how to actually ensure the business process re-engineering is addressed. Um, you know, are we challenging regulations, laws, things of that nature that allow us to take advantage of our IT investments and change that policy or law as opposed to changing the software to fit it. Um, so we're involving the user from day one and we're doing that through an agile process. Um, waterfall is not something that has been very productive <laughs> for the federal government in the past. And so we are committed to an agile process, including the user, including leadership, including our, our, our partners on the commercial side. You know, we, we really believe this is a across the board partnership when you talk about modernization. It's not just us and the government changing how we think and how we do, but industry has a responsibility to do the same. And so we've formed that partnership at each level to have that dialogue, because um, communication is gonna be key at all levels.
1: Daryl, there's plenty more to talk to, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll delve into that Agile process and involving the user. You're listening to the discussion, Modernizing Government, Cleaning Out Your Application Closet, sponsored by KPMG on Federal News Network. Is your agency feeling the pressure to modernize? A new app isn't enough. Becoming modern requires rethinking the way you operate. At KPMG, we help agencies optimize their business functions, enable the workforce with digital platforms and tools, and protect critical assets from ever-changing threats. Meet current and future mission requirements by continuously improving and constantly adapting with KPMG by your side. To learn more, visit kpmg.com US federal. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion, Modernizing Government, Cleaning Out Your Application Closet, sponsored by KPMG on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Daryl Roberts, the Program Executive Officer of the Defense Logistics Agency. Now, Daryl, before break, we were talking a little bit about DevSecOps. One of the things you brought up was this idea of the users, and but also you said you got to get the log- logistician ready to maybe use some of these low-code, no-code platforms. So walk me through a little bit how you're putting the pieces in place, whether it's through uh, the, the DevSec, Ops piece or just the training in general to get employees going?
0: Uh, thanks for the question, Jason. So one of the things we're doing from a DevSecOps perspective as we set up our software factory, um, we're taking lessons learned from across the federal government. So one of the partners that we've, we've spoken with frequently is the Air Force and their Platform One um, and how they've set up DevSecOps within the Air Force. So we're leveraging lessons learned there in terms of setting up our factory. Um, once we have the desktop ops factory configured, there's a couple of programs that we have that we like to utilize, one being the low code platform where we can start training those citizen technologists on how the low code technology works so that they can start being able to say, hey, which of my workflows are really simple um, IT needs that I need, can I do on my own that we now can manage from a PEO perspective? And then the other is robotics process automation. Uh, We call it RPA program. Um, We've made a huge breakthrough here in the past year where before we were had a lot of attended bots where you literally, there were no cost savings, right? You had to dedicate a person and a machine to the bot so that as the bot was doing the work, you were monitoring the bot. Um, In the past year, we've went to unattended bot mode where we've solved the certification certification. Um, aspects of providing certificates for the bots to perform on their own 24-7. And so we've completely transitioned our RPA program to now where every bot that we produce is an independent bot that does work 24-7 on behalf of DLA. And so our next phase that we're working on now with one of our military support commands, um, aviation, we're actually helping train their users to do RPA design development on their own and then partner with them to actually deploy that in an active environment. And so those are the type of concepts and things we're looking to achieve through DevSecOps and low code, no code type of um, technology.
1: Interesting that you actually had somebody to attend, as you said, attended bots. I mean, their job was probably boring because you, so you gave it to the bots and now you're going to say, okay, now watch the bot do your old job. I mean, right. that, that must not have been any fun for those poor folks. So I'm sure they're glad to get out of that, that attended bots. What, what was the difference? Was it just a matter of time and, and comfortability knowing that, oh, that bot is doing the same process over and over and not making mistakes or, or was there something else that happened that allowed DLA to move from attended to unattended bots?
0: Um, The biggest issue was the certificate accreditation oversight of the bot. So how do you, in a secure fashion, allow the bot to operate on your network um, without making yourself vulnerable um, to hacking? Um, The thing about IT, we say it's you always have to be prepared for the hack. You you know, everyone's trying to get in. And so we wanted to make the bot as secure as possible in an unintended mode was the long pole in the tent for us. Um, We were pretty confident in the first couple of runs that the bot was doing what it was supposed to do but our biggest challenge was the certification of the bot to run on the network on its own so once we were able to work with our cybersecurity team on that aspect um, as an agency we were comfortable to, to move forward
1: obviously good news uh, all around one of the things you talk about uh was the you mentioned the challenge of the bots for, for, let's take a half a step back and talk about application modernization a little bit. Are there some challenges you're facing with that? I mean, it sounds like you you have a pretty good strategy. You have the ERP moving, you have some of the ServiceNow efforts, but what, and you have a prioritization plan with a governance process. It seems like you have a lot of the pieces in, in place, but are there other challenges that you still have to overcome?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, any, any project comes with challenges. And um, I would say like most federal agencies, um, you know, budgets aren't growing, they're shrinking, you're, you're asked to do more with less. And so balancing our risk reward um, type of scenarios of how fast you modernize through an agile fashion, while also ensuring that mission doesn't fail. You know, the mission here at DLA, we can't have a bad day. Um, if we have a bad day, the warfighter has a bad day, the nation has a bad day. And so we, number one for us is ensuring day to day operations do not fail. And so balancing sustainment of current operations with modernization is one of our biggest challenges. And then also you talk about change management of the workforce. When you bring in automation and things of that nature where you know, the culture looks at it as, okay, well, if you have a bot doing this, what's next? Um, I think part of what we've been working with our workforce to understand is that these bots are allowing us to free up our workforce to really solve the complex issues that we have as an agency and really do that in-depth analysis that they may not have been able to do because of some of the day-to-day tasks that they've been asked to do just to keep operations running. And so I'd say culture is, is something that we're constantly making sure we're paying attention to, ensuring we have a change management strategy. How do we, in an agile process, iterative process, bring in new capabilities? and move that to the forefront to where they control it more so than waiting for us to deliver it from a PO perspective. So I think culture and just finding that balance in terms of agile delivery are our two biggest challenges as an agency.
1: We hear this a lot, it's never the technology, it's always the culture change, that's the hardest piece. What goes into that change management strategy when you start talking about the app rationalization? Maybe there's an app that you've used for 20 years that it's gonna go away and, and that takes right. somebody to get their head around that. Wait a minute, I gotta learn something new. Wait a minute, I've been doing this for 20 years. What was what part of that change right. management strategy? So, so I think it's just having the uncomfortable conversation, right? I mean,
0: some, part of change is allowing someone to voice their position, voice their frustration, and then, how are you going to help mitigate or make them more comfortable in this change process? So, I will say we're having uncomfortable discussions with our functional community and even within our IT community um, between PEOS, CIOs, cyber. You know, there's always the tension of I want to deliver faster, but you want to make sure your cyber your cybersecurity is in order. So, I think a big piece of this change management is just have the uncomfortable conversations and what are the things that are critical from each each person's point of view, each part of the agency's point of view to this, these are the things that would make you not buy into, you know, the change and how do we address those so that we may not be able to solve all of them, but how do we acknowledge it? How do we mitigate that risk that you see and come to a conclusion on what the right way ahead is? I don't think there's one path to modernization. It's going to d- differ from organization to organization, but you have to have the conversation to understand what the pain points of your workforce and your organization are.
1: One thing that also I imagine is helping is DLA's had a lot of success with the robotics process automation. They've had a lot of success in in kind of modernizing applications, even from just the quick wins, the low hanging fruit, whatever we're gonna call it. Has that also helped change the culture of people are saying, oh, I don't have to do that repetitive work anymore. I don't have to do that quote unquote low value work anymore. Is that also, if you will, winning hearts and minds?
0: I I think the quick wins are helping. Um, And and I think also one of the things that we're looking to do as we go throughout this journey, we're actually previewing the IT, right? So as we award these contracts and and the new technology, we're bringing these, these software providers to the end user to say, okay, proof is in the pudding. Tell them how you're going to help, how you're not going to help and let them ask the questions up front to the to the software provider and not just be a filter. Um, we're you know, we're there to serve the customer. We're there to enable. We, we, we call ourselves a, an enabler to the business um, here at DLA. And so I think the quick wins help, but I also think ha- affording them the opportunity to ask questions directly um, to the software providers also helps with that transition.
1: It's actually a good segue to the other piece I want to make sure we touch upon, which is a lot of people think about application rationalization. And and as I think, as you said at the beginning, they think of modernization, getting off legacy. What's the opportunity for DLA around the other, I think, side of the coin, which is cost savings, cost avoidance, employee efficiencies, we talked a little bit about, but also better customer service. Does it make it easier for the commands to use DLA? Does it make it easier for vendors to work with DLA. Is that the other opportunity between cost savings, cost avoidance and the customer service side that you're also looking at as as part of this broader discussion?
0: Absolutely. I mean, even for ourselves, when we talk about management of of this IT inventory, um, over three years ago, we had over 1300 systems in DLA. So just imagine from an accountability and management perspective, the different flavors that we had to manage internally and then try to communicate that to the customer uh, internal to DLA as well as our other DOD federal government partners of how do you use the systems? How do you get support? And so I think the rationalization is going to help that because we're really looking at it. We're not talking applications anymore within DLA. We really talk about business capability needs. And so we're shifting from managing applications to managing by business capability area. What are, what's the mission and function that you're providing? What's the business capability you need to perform that mission? And then from a technology perspective, does it matter if it's you know, an IBM product or Microsoft product, an SAP product, Oracle, et cetera, what's the capability that you need to utilize? And we provide that. Um, I think within the federal government space, we get married to applications and systems, as you mentioned earlier. Hey, I've used the system for 20 years and you're making a change. But if we focus the user and ourselves on what capability or function task do you need to perform, and we show them how they're able to do that more efficiently, that's only going to help in terms of cost savings and, and removing duplicative capabilities across the enterprise. So that's a driving factor in terms of what we're looking at here is where do we have duplicative technology, not because we actually need it, but because people weren't aware of what was in the inventory and how we could leverage it. So we're going to see some immediate savings just from an IT perspective, moving to these commercial cloud environments, leveraging more commercial um, applications versus government developed products. Um, But then we're also going to start seeing productivity increases, efficiencies across the functional workspace as well.
1: Daryl, we could talk about shadow IT and duplication for a whole different show. (laughs) But unfortunately, we are out of time for today. So let me thank my guest, Daryl Roberts, the Program Executive Officer of the Defense Logistics Agency. Daryl, thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you, Jason. Enjoyed the conversation and glad to be back anytime you have me. We will have you again, I'm sure. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Modernizing Government, Cleaning Out Your Application Closet, sponsored by KPMG, on Federal News Network. Tune in next month for a new show in the Modern Government series. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search KPMG.
0: Thank you for listening to the discussion. Modern Government, cleaning out your application closet. Sponsored by KPMG on Federal News Network.